Uh, welcome. We're at uh, Agile India 2017, and I'm here with uh, Kent McDonald. And uh, Kent, you're the author of Stand Back and Deliver, as well as uh, Beyond Requirements. Yep, that's right. And uh, you're giving a couple talks uh, at the at the conference here. Would you like to tell us about what the, the talks are on? Sure. So I found myself kind of riding on a theme for this conference along the lines of um, you can have your IT or your product development organization um, as agile as possible, but if they aren't really working on the right things, they're going to be moving really fast in the completely wrong direction. So uh, both of my talks are at different ways centered around how do you uh, go about making sure you're building the right thing, you're doing the right thing. Um, and I find it's usually made up of kind of three main things that you're looking at. One of them is really focusing on outcome instead of output. So um, thinking through what problem is it we're trying to solve and really understanding that and identifying your scope based on what outcome are we looking at as opposed to what's this big long list of backlog items. Um, and then going even further and measuring success and progress based on that. So instead of looking at story points or velocity or things like that, what you really want to look at is how close are we getting to that objective that kind of quantifies the outcome we're looking for. How do you define outcome and how, how do you help a, a, a company who's not used to doing this right. start thinking in terms of outcome when they usually think of features? A good way I've heard to describe it, and I think it came from Jeff Patton, is talking about outcome as the change you want to see in the world. Um, so it's really pushing it back towards, you know, what are we trying to accomplish as a business and why are we undertaking whatever it is we're doing? And once we know what that change is, that in an effect is the outcome. And then the team is going to be producing things to help us get there, which in effect becomes the output. So what are some of the other um, aspects you mentioned? So one of the other really important things is once you understand what that outcome is that you're looking for, you got to make sure that everyone understands that the same way. So it's, it's very important to build and maintain a shared understanding. Um, one of the ways I know that there isn't a shared understanding is if people start saying they're on the same page. I usually use that as an indication that they're in fact not, and they may not even be looking at the same book. Um, so there's a variety of different ways to say, how can we make sure we all agree that when we say we're heading in this direction, that's what we all mean. Uh, and it's a big matter of just having a lot of collaborative discussions around what problem is it we're trying to solve, and when you say this is the problem, what do you mean when you say that? Um, so the talk I, I did today actually gave a technique I use um, that helps the team identify, do we actually have a shared understanding of the problem we're tackling? Um, and if not, gives them an opportunity to walk through and figure out, okay, let's kind of come to agreement on what that is. That can seem like it's challenging to do, especially in a, in a big company, without falling victim to the centralized right. control. And, and so how do you make sure that everybody has that, you know, what really is on the same page um, without having it all be uh, delegate or uh, controlled by one person at the top? What I, what I found is that even, um, so what happens is you have someone controlling the vision from the top and conveying it down via documents or presentations or whatever, but people don't internalize it. And so how they really internalize it is if they're engaged in an active conversation and, and end up taking that vision and describing it in their own words and then talking through it. So when I say things and this, this is what I mean, when you say things, this is what you mean. Okay, so let's come to agreement as, okay, yeah, we're both talking about the same thing. Um, so it, it, it's an active collaboration amongst people with different perspectives all talking through it and getting the assumptions that's in everyone's heads out in the open so that they can come to a complete agreement on it. So how would one get started? What are some of like, the first tangible things that a company could implement to move in that direction? So one of the things I, I talked about in my talk today is, is a simple thing called a problem statement. 
It's uh, four uh, phrases. So the problem of is the first. Effects, so who are the people that are affected by it is the second. The impact of which is the third. And then conditions of a successful solution are is the fourth. And the way I like to do it is get a group of people together from different perspectives and ask them to each take four post-it notes and write one of each of those four statements and then each person reads it aloud. Um, and what that part of the exercise does usually is it is exposes very quickly the wide range of different um, perspectives and viewpoints on, on the project. And oftentimes it will point out to a team that thought they were aligned that they were nowhere close. Um, so the next thing is, is that each of the sticky notes about the problem go on one sheet of paper and then the team works on that to comes to an agreement on what the problem really is. Then they move to the next one and the next one and the next one after that. So it's a, it's a way of structuring a conversation, but what you're really trying to do there is get everyone's assumptions out of their heads and, and have everyone hear what everyone else is thinking. I know personally um, I've uh, been a big advocate and fan of the purpose and alignment uh, model from your book with um, uh, Neil and Todd and um, Pollyanna. Uh, and does that work into the process at all? Is it like part of the output of some of these discussions and um, in terms of defining these decision filters uh, you talk about? That actually comes into um, the third kind of aspect of it. So in addition to looking at outcomes over outputs, building that shared understanding, the third thing is, is actually providing some guardrails for decision making. And so where the decision filters come in is that's a way of um, still being able to have distributed decision making. So you, you wanna get decision making distributed out into the organization so that the people that are closest to the action that have the most current information are the ones that are making the decisions. Um, but in order to do that, they need some sort of guardrails to make sure they don't go completely off, off the rails. And, and that's what decision filters are very good for doing. Oftentimes that decision filter can be influenced by the purpose statement or problem statement when, when the team kind of comes up with it. What resources would you recommend for uh, teams or companies looking to, to, to change, uh, to, to work more towards getting outcomes and uh, um, working in this fashion? So that's a, an opportunity, a so nice softball opportunity for me to pitch my two books that you already mentioned. And then also, um, if you don't want to go out and buy a book, uh, my site, kbp.media, I have a lot of the, the same information that's uh, publicly available out there. People can go out there. So that's kbp.media. Great. Thank you, Kent. All right. Thank you.